0: Good evening. Tonight we will be reading Snow White and Red Rose by the Brothers Grimm. Once upon a time there lived in a lonely cottage surrounded by a garden a poor widow. In the garden grew two rose trees, one of which bore right roses, the other red. Now the widow had two daughters who so much resembled the rose bushes that she gave to one the name of Snow White and to the other, Red Rose. These two children were the best, most obedient, and most industrious children in the world. Yet they differed in some respects. Snow White was quiet and gentle. Red Rose was fond of running about the fields and meadows in search of flowers and butterflies. Snow White would often stay at home with her mother, help her with the housework, and then read to her after it was done. The two children were very fond of each other, and whenever they walked out together, they would hold each other's hands, and when Snow White would say, "'We will never leave each other,' her sister would reply, "'No, never, as long as we live.'" The mother encouraged this. She would often say, "'Whatever nice things are given to either of you must be shared with the other,' and the sisters always did so. They frequently rambled together alone in the wood to gather berries, but not a creature ever did them any harm, although wild animals often passed them. They seemed to have such confidence in the sisters that they were quite friendly with them. The little hares would eat cabbage leaves out of their hands, and deer would graze by their side, the stag bound merrily near, while the birds would remain sitting and singing on the branches. No danger ever threatened them, even if they stayed in the forest till late or after nightfall. They would lie down on the mossy bed and sleep safely till morning, and their mother knew that there was no cause for fear. Once when they had remained in the wood all night, they did not awake until the rising sun had reddened the eastern sky, and as they opened their eyes, they saw near them a beautiful little child, whose clothes were white and shining. When he saw they were awake, he looked kindly at them and, without a word, vanished from their sight. On rising, they found that they must have been sleeping on the edge of a steep rock, down which they must have fallen had they moved in the dark. When they told their mother, she said it must have been one of the guardian angels who watch over good children. Snow White and Red Rose kept their mother's cottage so neat and clean that it was quite a pleasure to look at. Every morning, in summer, Red Rose took care always to place a bouquet of fresh flowers by her mother's bed, in which was a flower from each of the rose trees. In winter, Snow White lighted the fire, filled the kettle, and placed it over the bright blaze where it shone and glittered like gold, for it was of burnished copper and was always kept bright and polished. In the evening, when the snow was falling and the door closed and locked, they would seat themselves round the fire in the bright snug little room and knit busily while their mother would put on her spectacles and read to them out of the good book one evening they were sitting in this peaceful happiness with a pet lamb sleeping on the hearth near them and above them on a perch a white dove with its head behind its wing presently came a knock at the door and the mother said red rose open it quickly no doubt some poor traveler lost in the snow wants shelter Red Rose hastened to obey, but on opening the door, instead of the poor man she expected to see, a great bear pushed his great black head in. Red Rose screamed aloud and started back. The lamb bleated, the dove flew wildly about the room, and Snow White hid herself behind her mother's bed. The bear, however, began to speak very gently. Do not fear, he said. I will not hurt you. I only want to warm myself by your fire, for I am half frozen. Poor bear, said the mother. Come in and lie down by the fire if you want to, but take care not to burn your furry coat. Then she called out, Snow White and Red Rose, come here. The bear is quite gentle, he will do you no harm. So they both came near to the fire, and by degrees, The dove and the lamb got over their fright and settled themselves to sleep. Presently, the bear said, Dear children, will you sweep off the snow from my fur? So they got the broom and cleaned the bear's skin till it looked quite smooth. And then he stretched himself at full length before the fire, grunting now and then to show how contented and comfortable he felt. They jumped on his back, rolled him over on the floor and tapped him with a hazel twig, pulled his thick fur, and when he growled, they only laughed. The bear allowed them to do as they liked, only saying, when they were too rough with him, leave me my life, dear children, and don't quite kill your old sweetheart. When bedtime came, the mother said to him, you can stay here by the fire all night if you'd like. I will not turn you out this dreadful weather, and here you will at least be sheltered from the cold. In the morning, when they all rose, the two children let him out, and he trotted away over the snow into the wood. After that, he came each evening at the same hour, laid himself on the hearth, and allowed the children to play with them just as they pleased. They became so used to his visits that no one thought of bolting the door till his black muzzle was pushed in. The winter passed, and spring was again covering the meadows and forest trees with a robe of green. And one morning, the bear said to Snow White, "'I'm going away now, during the summer, "'and you will not see me again until the end of autumn.' "'Where are you going, dear bear?' asked Snow White. "'I must go to the forest,' he replied, "'to hide my treasures from those wicked dwarves. "'In winter, these treasures are safe under the frozen earth, "'but now, when the sun has warmed and softened the ground, "'it is easier for them to break it and dig up what I have buried.' and once anything valuable is in their hands, it is not easy to recover it. They will take care that it does not see daylight again. Snow White felt quite sorrowful when the poor, when the bear said goodbye, but as he passed out of the door, the latch caught against his fur and tore a little piece of the skin. But she was not sure, for the bear trotted away very quickly and was soon lost to the sight amongst the trees. Some time after this, The mother sent the children into the forest to gather brushwood, and they found a large tree which had fallen to the ground. As they stood looking at it, they saw something jumping up and down on the other side of the trunk, but they could not think what it was until they went nearer and saw that it was a little dwarf with a shriveled face, whose long white beard had been caught in the cleft of the tree. The dwarf was jumping about like a puppy at the end of a string, but he could not get free. He glared at the children with his red, fiery eyes and cried, "'Why are you standing there, staring, instead of offering to assist me?' "'Poor little man,' said Red Rose. "'How did you do this?' "'You stupid goose,' he replied angrily. "'I wanted to split up the tree, that I might get some shavings for our cooking. "'A great coal fire burns up our little dinners and suppers. "'We don't cram ourselves with food as you greedy people do.' I drove my wedge into the tree, and it seemed all right, but then the horrid thing was so slippery that it sprung out again suddenly, and the tree co- closed so quickly that it caught my long, white beard, and i holds hold it so fast that I cannot extricate it. See how the white, milk-faced creatures laughed, he shouted. Oh, but you are ugly. Notwithstanding his spiteful words and looks, the children wished to help him, and they went up to him and tried to pull out the beard. But all to no purpose i will run home and call somebody said red rose what snarled the dwarf send for more people why there are too too many here already you sheep-headed madcaps don't be impatient said snow white i think we can manage to release you she took her scissors out of her pocket as she spoke and cut the dwarf's beard off close to the trunk of the tree No sooner was he at liberty than he caught hold of a bag full of gold which was lying among the roots, grumbling all the time about the dreadful children who had cut off his magnificent beard, a loss which nothing could repay him. He then swung the bag across his shoulders and went away without one word of thanks to the children for helping him. Some time after this, Snow White and Red Rose went out one day to catch fish. As they sat fishing on the banks of the stream, They saw something, like a large grasshopper, jumping about as if it were going to jump into the water. They ran forward and recognized the dwarf. "'What are you doing here?' asked Red Rose. "'Why do you wish to jump into the water?' "'Do you think I am such a fool as that?' he cried. "'Don't you see how this dreadful fish is dragging me?' The little man had been angling, but unfortunately the wind caught his beard and entangled it in the line, so that when a large fish came up and swallowed the bait, he had not the strength to extricate himself, and the fish, in its efforts to escape, was dragging the dwarf into the water. He held tightly by the reeds and rushes that grew on the bank, but with very little use, and the children were only just in time to save him from being dragged in by the fish. They both pulled him back with all their might, but as long as the beard remained entangled in the line, their efforts were useless, and they could not disentangle it there remained no other means of saving him than cut by cutting off his beard, and this time so much of it that only a short piece remained. Although by doing so they saved his life, the dwarf was in a dreadful rage. He screamed out, "'It is it your custom, you wretches, to disfigure people's faces in this way. Not satisfied with cutting off a large piece the other day, you m- now must deprive me of nearly all. I dare not show myself with such a fright as this, I wish you were obliged to run till you had lost the soles off your little shoes." He lifted a bag of pearls, which he had hidden among the rushes, and throwing it on his shoulder without another word, slunk away and to disappear behind a stone. It happened on another occasion that the mother of the two maidens sent them into the town to purchase needles, thread, and a ribbon. Their way lay across a heath, on which here and there great rocks lay scattered. Presently, they saw a large bird hovering over a certain spot on the heath, till at last he pounced down and suddenly to the earth, and at the same moment they heard terrible cries and piteous lamentations close to them. The children ran to the place and saw with great alarm that a large eagle had got their old acquaintance the dwarf in his talons and was carrying him away. The good-natured children did all that they could. They held the little man fast to put him back, and struggled so fiercely with the eagle that at last the bird relinquished his prey and set him free. But he had no sooner recovered from his fright than the ungrateful little wretch exclaimed, What do you mean by catching hold of me so roughly? You clawed at my no coat till it was nearly torn off my back, awkward little clowns that you are. Then he took up his sack of precious stones and slipped away amongst the rocks. The maidens were accustomed to his ingratitude and did not care for it, so they went on their way to the town and made their purchases. On their return, while crossing the heath, they came unexpectedly again upon the dwarf, who had emptied his sack of precious stones in a quiet corner, not supposing that anyone would pass by at such a late hour. The evening sun shone brightly on the glittering jewels, which sparkled and flashed out such beautiful colors in his golden light. the children stood and gazed in silent admiration. What are you standing there gaping at? asked the dwarf, his usually gray face quite red with rage. He was going on with his spiteful words when suddenly a terrible growl was heard and a large black bear rushed out of the thicket. The dwarf sprang up in great fright, but he could not escape to a place of concealment, for the bear just stood in his way then he cried out piteously in his agony, Dear Mr. Bear, do spare my life. I will give you up all of my treasures and those jewels that you can see lying there if you will only grant me my life. Such a weak little creature I, as I am would scarcely be a mouthful to you. See, there are two nice little tender bits. those two wicked maidens. They are fat as young quails. Just eat them instead of me. But the bear paid no attention to his complaints. Without a word, he lifted up his left forepaw and with one stroke laid the ugly, wicked little wretch dead on the ground. The maidens in a fright were running away, but the bear called to them, Snow White, Red Rose, don't be afraid. Wait, and I will go home with you. They instantly recognized his voice and stood still till he came up to them. But as he approached, What, with their astonishment to see the bearskin suddenly fall off and instead of a rough bear there stood before them a handsome young man with beautiful gold embroidered clothes i am a king's son he said and that wicked dwarf after robbing me of all i possessed changed me into a bear and i have been obliged to wander about the woods watching my treasures but not being able to catch the dwarf and kill him till today his death has set me free and now he has met with a well-deserved fate. Not many years after this, Snow White was married to the Prince, and Red Rose to his brother, with whom he had shared the riches and treasures which the dwarf had stolen and concealed in his den until the Prince recovered them at his death. There was great joy in the village when these weddings took place, and Snow White and Red Rose sent for the mother, who lived for many years in great happiness with her children. The two rose trees were brought to the castle and planted in the garden near the windows of the two sisters, and every year they bore the same beautiful red and white roses as they had done in the cottage garden at home. The